Hey friends, welcome to the Mosaic Podcast. I'm Shannon Leibold and I'm here with my co-host Lynn Martin and we're so glad you've joined us. This is a podcast for the women of Walmstein Bible Chapel. It's a space where we celebrate how God is turning brokenness into beauty. Each week we chat with a guest and share stories from our own lives. As Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece, His work of art, and He's shaping us into something beautiful in Christ. Welcome to episode eight of the Mosaic Podcast. Thanks for listening along. We're so glad that you're joining us. Today in the podcast, we're going to talk about another section of the book, Adorning the Dark. And then we are going to have a lovely conversation with Sharon McDonald, and she will share her thoughts on creativity with us. We'll also have another teaching segment about creativity from the Bible and uh, share an art piece as well. So, Lynn, I don't know about you, but I'm really enjoying this conversation about creativity. Yeah, Yeah, it's been such a a blessing. And you guys should know as well that the conversation continues Mm -hmm. even after we're done recording. Which is a bit of a problem because then you forget what has been said on (laughs) live and what is not. (laughs) Yeah. It might get repetitive, but it's good. So what are you loving about this conversation about creativity? I guess for me, it's it's just so nice to have some things reaffirmed because I think I am a creative person, but that it's so connected to God, right? It's such a personal aspect of being close to him that really is affirming and encouraging. Mm -hmm. How about you? I've been really enjoying the conversations we've been having with our guests and just seeing how God's creativity takes on a variety of different forms in their lives. And it's just, it's been such a blessing. So I love that part. I hope everyone's enjoying that piece because that to me is kind of the, it's all meat. I think, right? Every, every aspect of the podcast is meat, but that part of really getting to know a person individually a little bit more is just lovely and so important. Yes, and I hope you feel a part of our conversation as we sit down and chat with our guests because that's our that's our intention, that's our heart. So let's dive into the book discussion portion of the podcast. Let's do that. And today we're going to be focusing on chapters 10 to 13 of the book Adorning the Dark by Andrew Peterson. And so the topics of each of these chapters, I'll just let you know, um, is he talks about serving the audience, then he talks about selectivity, and then discipline and discernment. So we're going to focus on how those those things um, apply to creativity. So um, in the portion about serving the audience, I, I was really um, impacted when he reminded us that when an audience gives attention to an artist, it's an act of profound generosity because mm-hmm. we live in a culture that clamors for every second of our attention. And so when an audience actually does that and, and gives their attention to an artist, it's, it's, it's an act of generosity. Yeah. Yeah. And so he says, accept the applause. Right? Yes. <laughs> so don't like play with your guitar while people are applauding applauding just be grateful and I know it's hard right it's hard to accept thanks or gratitude I think um, we could probably do a whole segment on that just how it how hard it is to accept gifts from other people because that's what it is yes so that's kind of it's a neat to think about in all ways yeah and he says whether you're singing a song or preaching a sermon or writing a novel or creating a beautiful space you are the host Something else that I loved about this section on serving the audience, he has a quote in here where he's quoting from an essay that C.S. Lewis wrote. Um, The title of the essay is called Sometimes Fairy Stories May Say Best What's to Be Said. And I'm going to just read this quote because it really actually, I think, even explains the podcast, why we're doing this and why we just love stories so much. So Lewis is talking about how he came to a place of, after being an apologist and uh, prof at a university for so many years, he started to investigate more um, stories and writing stories. And, and we best know Lewis for his writing of Narnia, right? 
so he says, I thought I saw how stories of this kind could steal past a certain inhibition which had paralyzed much of my own religion in childhood. Why did one find it so hard to feel as one was told one ought to feel about God or the sufferings of Christ? I thought the chief reason was that one was told one ought to. An obligation to feel can freeze feelings. So in other words, if you feel like you're supposed to feel this way, then you probably aren't going to feel that way. And reverence in itself can do harm. The whole subject was associated with lowered voices, almost as if it were something medical. But supposing that by casting all these things into an imaginary world, stripping them of their stained glass and Sunday school associations, one could make them for the first time appear in their real potency. Could one not thus steal past those watchful dragons? And I thought one could. So that's what C.S. Lewis was trying to do. Not by having an agenda in his stories, but getting us past some of these dragons in our head that keep us from seeing truth. And, and when you think about the Bible, the Bible's written in story, right? And, and we are talking to our guests and we're hearing their story because that's how we really learn truth. And that resonated, and I know, Shannon, that it resonates with you because we've talked about this. But mm -hmm. um, I think story is so powerful. It um, has a way of... of you know, boiling down truth to, to its essence. And, you know, Jesus, he, he taught in parables. He, he taught did. it with story. Absolutely. And so, if yeah. he wanted to just give us a list, he could have, and that would have been the best way, but it wasn't what he chose to do. Mm -hmm. So we need to, we need to keep that in mind. And, and not that there's anything wrong with, you know, doctrine and apologetics and all that, that all has its place, but something gets into our soul, I think, with mm -hmm. story that apologetics can't do. And uh, Peterson, in his chapter on selectivity, he talks about that work of boiling things down to yes. to the essence. And so you start with the big ideas when you're being creative, and then you have to find out what's essential and boil the rest away. Yes. And that's sometimes hard to do as a creative person because it feels Very like hard. everything's important. <laughs> yes, yes. So then just thinking back to that whole idea of what Lewis was saying, it's interesting to me that he... He started out being an apologist, and then he wrote the Narnia stories, which to me, in, when you think about boiling something down, a big story is actually feels bigger, but actually maybe it's not, because it really is how we, we learn better. Right. Yeah, that is interesting how he did that. Um, he also talks about the, the discipline of being creative, the discipline of, of art and you know, when it becomes a source of income, as it does for, for many artists, you have to do the hard work. And uh, one thing he said really struck me, because this is so me, uh, not that I'm an artist in any way, but he says, creatives often get excited about the next project before finishing the one they're no. on. <laughs> and so they start so many things. That's me. And then yes. they realize they've bitten off more than they can chew. And I am... I am in that dilemma right now. There are so many things that I want to create yes. um, content-wise for my website, Bible teaching, all of this, and I just I feel like I jump from one new idea to the next, and I need to actually finish something. Yeah. And there's a balance because it's not – there's ideas give birth to ideas. So if you just focus on the, only the one idea and, get, and try not to think about those other ones, you – actually lose something and maybe the very thing that God was taking you to because maybe the first idea isn't the idea right so it's that balance right yeah. and there's a tension there yeah that's for sure yeah he says it's only by discipline that you will finish and it's only by finishing that you'll be able to offer up your humble work to the weary souls who may need it and that's the thing so having half finished projects everywhere isn't actually helping anyone <laughs> <laughs> so true so true there's a part in that section on discipline that really touched my heart when he talks about um, ministering to children and and just how vital it is that Christians bend low and speak tenderly to the children in their lives I thought that was so profound and sort of felt like it wasn't even a part of the story it was like a little side note but yet really really important and he, he but he says Every one of these children fall into one of two categories. They're either wounded or they're soon to be wounded. Because that's just life. 
The depth and nature of those wounds will vary, but they're all malleable souls in a world clanging with hammer blows. So if we can have an opportunity to speak into that child's life, to think about that, that that's what maybe they, just to always speak gently. And, and that really, really spoke to me. Um, well, and the creativity of children is really amazing, right? Yeah, there's there's yeah. very few inhibitions and they, they, are, they are very creative. Yep, they are. And so to not do anything to inhibit that mm -hmm. if possible, mm -hmm. but still get them to bed in time. <laughs> Right, right, <laughs> exactly. Always attention, always a balance. <laughs> and then in the final chapter, we're looking at the chapter on discernment. Um, he says, if you want to be an artist, you have to cultivate discernment. So that's the idea of, you know, asking questions about the content and the intent of what you're, what you're creating and, and just being discerning about its purpose. So I love thinking about that too. He that this to me is a whole topic which we touched on the last podcast a little bit, but just the difference between art, what is true art, versus other things that are just maybe a bit more cheesy. And he talks a lot how he really wanted his children to understand what true art is, what true um, all those things, poetry and and whatever, and not to just um, give them the basics, right? And he gives that analogy of it's like. All you want is McDonald's to eat, but it's really the kale and the broccoli that's good. And maybe you don't like it at first to taste it, but it actually is what's really good for you. Mm -hmm. So to, to, to transfer that into to art and reading and all of those things. Yeah. And so being discerning about what you consume as well, not only what you create, but what you Correct. consume. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because there is no end to the things we can consume, right? Podcasts and books, and I mean, just all sorts of things. Yeah. There's no end, and, and we so. think that you know, going back to the food analogy, we think that the sugar things are they taste the best, and we get our taste buds to love those things. So then it's really hard to enjoy something that is actually good for you. But we've got to make that step, and we're trying to do that even in the podcast, right? Just to try to say, "Hey, look, there might be some other things to consider. Let's go a bit deeper. Let's yeah. encourage everyone to go a little bit deeper." Yeah, for sure. So um, I hope you're loving these conversations we're having about the book that we've chosen for the theme. Uh, in our next podcast, we will finish off this book, "Adorning the Dark," and uh, we hope it will be a blessing to you as well. We are here today with Sharon McDonald. Uh, I have known Sharon for a few years now. I'm trying to think. We, well, I've known of you for a long, long time, Sharon, um, but there was a retreat at uh, Conestoga Bible Camp the one Saturday where I feel like I totally either geeked you out or was awkward to you in a way, but it worked out. I just said, we should be friends. Why aren't we friends? <laughs> Kind of did. We really Our kids are the same age and we have similar interests and it was like, okay, come on, let's go. And so ever since then we have little adventures every now and then, which is really fun. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure, absolutely. I, I didn't grow up um, at Wallenstein. So I think we've gone to Wallenstein for a long time, but I don't think a lot of people know really who I am or where I'm from or what I'm about. So I grew up, um, I was born in the early 70s. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you the date. Me but too. I'm good. I'm good with age, but like, so I'm I'm inching towards fifty, and um, I grew up in a small town. It was called Lucknow, Ontario, and I lived on a, a really fun street with um, my parents, and I have uh, two brothers and a sister. So we um, we grew up uh, in a very simple home, uh, and with God at the center of our lives, mm -hmm. which was so amazing. When I think back, I feel so blessed by that. And um, as a kid, I loved sports. And I really loved um, Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember those. <laughs> <laughs> Cassette tapes and, you know, it just doesn't seem that long ago, but um, road hockey and playing in the stream behind our, our property and um, camping with our family. So the summers were swimming at the pool and the winters were s skating. And then we took one trip a year. So kind of a simple childhood, but 
I don't look back and think that it was, you know, I missed out. It, it, it was perfect. So um, I went to high school in Wingham at Medill and uh, played a lot of sports and got a, a nasty knee injury uh, when I was 16 and um, had ACL reconstruction and then some more surgery. And by the time I was 21, I already had three knee surgeries. And wow. so sports was a big deal, but it kind of got a little bit sidetracked there um, a few times. So I moved away from home when I was 18 and I went up to Thunder Bay, Ontario to Lakehead University and did a four year undergrad in uh, kinesiology. And yeah, so, I did that and then stayed up there for a fifth year and went to Teachers College and got my Bachelor of Education and so came home a teacher and uh, as soon as I got home uh, I got married and uh, Ken and I had a long distance relationship. We were high school sweethearts so that was hard, uh, difficult to maintain that relationship but we wrote a lot of letters. He sent me some care packages. Nice. That's when long distance actually cost a lot of money, yeah, <laughs> right, to call it, it and all of that, yes. And the flight piece, like, it, right. it, it's 16 hours north, so it was far. Um, then I came back, and we moved to Kitchener, um, and then I, it, was, it was a job hunt. I was searching for a teaching position, and so that was an interesting time, lots of interviews, and got a job, and... Since then, I've been teaching. I took some time off uh, to have my my babies, my girls. Um, so we have three daughters. Our oldest is Kate. She's 20, and Heidi's 18, and Leah's 16. So they're all uh, teens and living at home, and it's good. It's very good. I love this stage. Um, we live in Lisbon, Ontario, not Lisbon, Portugal. But, uh, <laughs> it's a small little hamlet. You drive and you drive through it and you can't blink, otherwise you miss us. But uh, yeah, and I, I'm an elementary teacher with the Waterloo Region District School Board. I teach grade seven. Um, next year I'm teaching art full time. So you are? Super oh, about that. that is exciting. Very exciting. Um, I love to garden. I love plants. I love to drink chai. <laughs> I love to go out with friends um, and do fun adventures. I'm a huge fan of thrift shops, <laughs> antique, yes. antique stores, um, love that. Photography, I love to go on the Harley with my husband. Um, I'm not a biker chick, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy sitting on the back and the freedom, the air. And then we go for a coffee quite regularly in Stratford. And then, um, yeah, I love nature and, and swimming as well. He, I, I really love to swim, so that's me. That's great. Thank you for sharing. I feel like I know you now. That, that was wonderful. So what does a typical day look like for you right now? Okay, right now, um, a typical day looks like um, I rise, <laughs> but not too early. Uh, I'm not a huge uh, early morning person. So as of late, I haven't been setting my alarm because I'm working from home. So it's all distance learning and on the computer and on the screen all day long. So when I rise, I get up, I drink some juice, and then I head out to the swim spa. So we bought a swim spa in April and um, I swim for a good half hour. And then I come in and I usually have breakfast at that point and my devotional time, um, just time reflecting, um, on the day on what's what's going to happen and trying to wrap my head around um, what my day is going to look like with my students. Um, so then I get ready, I put on makeup, I do my hair, <laughs> I pick out some some clothes um, that make me feel great and uh, I go to work. And Can so, I backtrack a little bit? Yeah. You said swim spa. I'm not sure if people know what that is. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like uh, a pool, but it's not... Not, not as big in, as a pool? Not as big as a pool. It's not in ground. It's kind of like two hot tubs put together. Okay. So it has jets so that you can actually like, you can swim against the jets and do like front crawling and okay. have some resistance. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's all part of, um, yeah, me trying to stay healthy and, and deal with some, some unfortunate, um, injury, uh, stuff that's gone on and 
sore joints and um, osteoarthritis. So. so the knee issue has not left you? No. It's, it's just taken different shapes? Yeah, it has. It's, it's kind of, it's part of my, my journey right now and, and part of my brokenness really okay so we're going to talk physical. about that yes <laughs> talking, I, I skipped ahead sorry yeah, no, that's, that's, that's uh okay well so we're talking about creativity right now we're talking about what it is and is it good does it come from god all of those things um we know that you're a very creative person so what areas of life do you like to be most creative in where are your passions you talked about some of them already but yeah i couldn't really na- i can't really narrow down um one thing like some people have this one thing that they that is their creative outlet or what they do but for me um and even when i talk to my family about a question like this um they're like well you take that into all aspects of your life and that's really um how i would put it i my creativity um is is there all the time right so i i'm teaching a class then I get to prepare a lesson and I want it to be creative. And so um, the gifts that God has given me goes into that. If I'm, you know, we're having a birthday or a celebration, then then the creativity from God comes in through me again. And I, I'm like, well, I want to make a cool centerpiece or I want, it's how I decorate. It's how I, you know, decorate my home. It's in the gifts I give people. It's in the conversations I have, it's, it's, it's the whole package. It's who you are. It's kind of who I am. You can't separate it into something like I like to paint. I do, but it's actually, it's not that it's everything. Exactly. Yeah. It's really all, all parts of my life, which I'm really thankful for. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a really amazing blessing that it's not just limited to one thing for me. You, you mentioned in the gifts that you give, and when Sharon arrived here today, mm-hmm. she brought Lynn and I two beautiful bouquets of flowers and hand-painted cards that are just amazing. We got very spoiled here this morning. Yeah, <laughs> so I can tell your creativity is, is just part of who you are and, and part of who you offer, you know, offer yourself to people in that way. It's beautiful. Um, we know that our God is a creative God, right? Creativity started with him. And so how does your relationship with God and your spiritual life impact your creativity? Well, he's the ultimate creator. He's the master creator. And, you know, it's just everywhere you look. So he created the galaxies and the seas and the bumblebees and the mighty oak trees and then the sunsets that we see and the beaches and then the babies and everything that's like a poem did you did you just <laughs> write that yourself that's well, I was, beautiful i was thinking about it and it's just it's his creativity is he's the brush stroke is everywhere yeah everywhere you look and yeah. when you know he created everything yeah then it's it's a pretty powerful canvas and um we used to sing this song when we used to clean the house when we were kids god's coloring book and i sometimes think about that song and um it used to be on an old record player while we were working away and it was just all about the more i look around me the more that i see that god created everything and and then not only that so he created all of these amazing things that we look at and get to touch and and see but then he created us and Mm -hmm. that that part just is that's the next level Mm -hmm. that he created us in him his image and i i just i'm blown away by that and so when i think about that i feel that whatever i do um that he is guiding me through that and that's the creativity that he's given me the gifts that he's given me need to go back to him to glorify him and so if i'm painting then i'm often reflecting on this what i'm doing i'm reflecting on him working through me it's really amazing you know when you start to recognize that everything that's created is created by him and that 
what we create with is what he's created. Right. Right. So that's, right. that's a powerful thing when I start thinking about it. And I, I've tried a new paint recently, um, this gouache paint. And I was just like, this is, this is incredible. But, you know, he's created it all for us. And we need to give it back to him. Well, it's Does so, that answer your question? It, yeah. Yes. Because it's what I'm hearing you say, and it's I, I relate to this. It's like we we create and and we're we're not really creating because we're using things to make whatever it is that we're doing but there's this i all of a sudden inspiration comes and ideas come right from the birth of whatever it is we're doing and and yet i feel like it's we're getting to know god in this special way that's so intimate and personal because no one else is doing that in that moment and so it's it's not just a, a using your talents it's actually a communing with god that's what i'm hearing you say right which is lovely. Right. And then it's it becomes this constant, like this relationship that isn't just, you know, um, in the morning when I'm reading my Bible or doing a devotion. It's it's all the time that it's like you're thinking about it and you're thinking about him and his sovereignty all day, all right. the time. And that's, that hasn't always been that way for me. It's, it's I think with age and maturity and, and, and learning more about you know, his word, and I, I just feel like I've transitioned into a better a better place in my life for recognizing and just really um, taking it all in. Because we're a very practical culture, right? So creativity can sometimes get a bad rap. Yes. So it's like opening the door to realizing, no, this is okay. In fact, it's more than okay. It's, a, it's an opportunity to meet with God in a mm-hmm. unique way. Absolutely. So, um, what happens in your life then if you don't have an outlet for creativity? I I was thinking about that. It, see, it that that doesn't happen really for me. Right. Okay. Because if I'm like if I don't get to do a chalkboard or paint or um, arrange a bouquet or a garden, um, there's something else. So there's always something. If I Then I'll just take that creativity into making dinner or setting the table or the very simple things in life that happen throughout the day. Coming so, to see us. You couldn't just come to see us. You had to stop at the roadside and find flowers. <laughs> right? Like yeah, that. Well, there's, yeah, the journey here was, was beautiful. Yeah. I just wanted to bless you. Which is lovely. Um, yeah, that's just, that's just the way it is. So I love how your creativity is just comprehensive. It fills your whole life. Mm-hmm. That's just really beautiful. Um, you talked about what a typical day looks like for you, uh, but if you could do anything for a day, anything at all, what would it be? <laughs> well, it's going to be full the day. Like, <laughs> can, I, can I just say that? Yeah. And, and really, there's no like monetary limit. Like, <laughs> no, no, this is your anything dream. you want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So no pandemic, nothing. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. Because I just want to set the parameters for that. Like, you know, do I? Okay. So I would wake probably the same time I usually wake, maybe a little earlier if I knew I had this whole day that I could do anything I wanted to. Um, I would still go for my swim to start the day and then I would have a um, breakfast with my family. I love uh, family meals. I believe they're so important. Um, They connect us. They allow us to have rich conversations about life and so that's how I want to start the day. Um, then I want to uh, teach an art class for one hour. Wow. And then, <laughs> wow. I know this is a little bit, it's a little extreme, but anyways, uh, I'm going to teach an art class for an hour. Then I'm going to head out to a thrift shop, um, multiple thrift shops. And then I'm maybe going to stop in at a farmer's market or some kind of market. I'm also going to go to a few antique stores along the way, search for some, you know, fun items, treasures. So I get to come, right? Yes, you get to come. <laughs> Do you want to um, come, Shannon? Sure. She doesn't like thrift shopping, but we <laughs> can teach right. her. You can. <laughs> That's fine. It's not for everyone. Um, then I'm going to head up to a rooftop terrace. 
and I'm going to, it's going to overlook the mountains. And I'm going to get to name nail polish and paint chips. And I'm going to do that for about an hour. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Just being creative with number, with colors, sorry. Yes. That's what you're saying. Okay. Exactly. Yep. And then um, I'm going to head out with some friends. We're going to sip some chai. We're going to, you know, take us, go on an adventure of some sort, wherever, you know, the van takes us. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're going to go out for fish and chips because, I mean, who doesn't love fish and chips, right? And then um, we're going to go to a a casting crowns or Lauren Daigle concert, of course. Of course. And then, um, I mean, the day's getting I feel like (laughs) like we're past a typical day. We're not. We're not. It's not. Yes. And then, you know, it's going to involve some, probably some planting or some kind of painting, um, some decorating maybe, and then some music. Um, definitely some worship music and hopefully it would involve Katie and Leah playing the piano and then watching the sunset having my my cherished time with Ken at the end of the day um, with a cup of coffee or something like that and then um, campfire definitely spaghetti dinner and then um, probably back in the hot tub some reading and a good breath. So you had all the parameters, you had no parameters, you had no parameters, and yet home is still a very key part of that. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, it's relationships. Yeah. Right? It's really yeah. about relationships and people that, you know, you love. And um, I forgot to mention something, though. Like, I, as I was thinking about this, I do love to speak with people that I don't know either. And I, I would like part of my day to involve a conversation with someone that is a lot older than me. Hmm. Um, I just have really cherished that in the last number of years, just trying to talk to people who have lived longer and have a lot of wisdom and, and, um, and a lot of knowledge. And So that would be part of it, too. That's really good. Sounds like a wonderful day. <laughs> I'm inspired. I know, me too. All right, so we're going to talk now about um, the broken part that you were talking about earlier or hinting about. Um, Actually, have I skipped a question if I do that? It's okay. All right. So can you tell us about a time in your life where you have felt broken or maybe you are currently feeling broken, but God has turned it into something beautiful? Mm-hmm. I definitely can. And it's real and it's, um, it's quite fresh. So I started realizing probably about a year ago that my joints were like not really great. Something was kind of up and, um, I saw my sister-in-law in the fall for like a really bothered elbow and so she did some acupuncture and she's like yeah you know you probably have tendonitis and it's from being on the computer all the time and this and that but I noticed that my fingers were starting to get sore and then we took a hike on January 1st 2021 on the Avon Trail and um, it was icy and it was um, kind of tricky as we were going through this this bush and we were a fair distance in and then my right knee just went uh crazy grinding crunching mm. catching and i was like i can't go on i gotta go back and so katie helped me back i kind of used her as a crutch and we got out and i realized that you know something is not right with my knees my joints and i need to get this figured out so I, I felt physically broken and mm-hmm. then when you're physically broken you can also be spiritually broken mm-hmm. because having the physical ability to do things walk hike all of those things um, make you feel good mm-hmm. right and so made some doctor's appointments it's in the middle of covid i'm feeling frustrated i'm feeling discouraged and um I have to go for physio and the knee's not feeling better. So we get x-rays and long story short, the doctor says you have osteoarthritis, um, which is basically just the deterioration of the cushion that protects your joints. And then you get bone on bone and, and, and a lot of pain um, and just problems. So 
I was feeling um, really down and um, and I, I just couldn't believe it. Like I couldn't, it was very hard to accept and I had to go see sports medicine doctor, physio every week. But the thing is, you know, being an optimistic person, I felt like, well, I'll do this and I'll get better and then we'll move on. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case with osteoarthritis. And so the realization came that I'm not going to get better from this, that this is going to be something that I have to live with. And I was having trouble going for walks and it and doing stairs. And the reality kicked in that um, maybe I'm not going to be able to do all these things that I want to do with Ken when, you know, I think about the future and retiring and maybe hiking in Switzerland or biking um, here or there. And um, that was scary. Like when you have hopes and dreams and you think, you know, that this is all part of God's plan for your life, but then he says, no, this is, this is the plan. This is the life that you're going to have. And so um, I kind of went into a cocoon and I just started painting. And every night I would go into our office and I would take out the paints and get my water and brushes and I would paint. And I painted for days and hours. And um, it's, it's so weird to look back. Like I was like, why, why am I doing this? Like it's, it's so strange um, to think about it, but to know that this was God just giving me something that I could do that could fill me because I was empty and and broken and broken by physical like physical broken and um, so I just painted and the time would fly and I would just paint and I wouldn't look at the clock and then it'd be 2.30 in the morning <laughs> and then I would be like oh my goodness I need to get to bed and I'd s- sneak into bed and then I'd be like I'd wake up the next day and deal with these joint issues and then I do the same thing at night for months until I ended up having 25 postcards painted that followed a particular format that I had a, like a criteria for them and I I know this is all sounding kind of strange but God led me in all of this because when I came out of it I was like oh wow this is this is pretty incredible to go from this broken to become, you know, something beautiful. And then in the end, I had 25 cards. I went to a print shop that remained open all during COVID because they said they were essential. I printed all these cards. I brought them home in giant boxes and I put them in my office. And then we all just, you know, everyone just looked at me and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know but this is what I have and this is what I've done and I'm going to see where God is going to lead me next. And so, so here I am. And, and what it's been is this incredible experience of God taking my brokenness, turning it into something beautiful through creativity. And now I'm just giving these cards away. And I haven't had to worry during COVID of buying cards because I have 500. <laughs> like that's a lot of cards. So I don't I don't know really what's next with that, but he will guide that and and lead me. And it's beautiful in the sense that um, he orchestrated it, and uh, I love that. It sounds to me like some people go to, into a retreat or a monastery or something to get away. And you, in the way, way that you were able, you went into your own retreat with painting and communed with God. Like, that's what I'm hearing. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was a beautiful experience. And, you know, I'm not painting right now. Um, and it's strange how that, how that was just a season of Like time. a force that was, you needed to, be, to do. It was. And, I, and it was dark nights and it was cold outside and my knees ached so I could just I could just sit and do this and and just so much reflection and so much um you know time quiet time with him and uh 
it was it was an incredible time looking back I think it's so amazing how God takes our darkest times and in various ways yours was very tangible he creates something beautiful in us and through us it's just amazing how he can do that over and over again and again yeah it is amazing and when you know it's him that's the thing too is just recognizing that it wasn't me and this and these postcards are you know they're meant to bless and serve others that's 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 the final chapter is that he's like okay you've created this and now you need to bless others with it Thank you for sharing that. That's been, that's just a wonderful illustration of brokenness to beauty. So we like to end each conversation with our guests with a few rapid fire questions. <laughs> so we didn't give you these ones ahead of time. <laughs> We're going to ask you and it's just kind of about your favorites. So uh, first question, what is your favorite food? Um, spaghetti. Spaghetti. Your favorite drink? Um... Chai tea latte. Mm. Your favorite hobby? I think we've already <laughs> picked one out of all your creative endeavors. Um, I would say gardening. Gardening? Mm. Your favorite book? A Light Between Oceans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Uh, your favorite family activity? Um, right now it would be spending time in the swim spa together. Um, or campfires. Nice. And can you just tell us one other thing you're loving these days? Maybe something you haven't mentioned already. Um, I am loving. I'm loving our hammock. Oh, nice. And I'm looking forward to spending some serious time reading, reflecting, listening in that hammock. So nice. Lovely. Thank you so much, Sharon. That was fun. That was <laughs> fun. Thank you. We have you to tell everyone much. it's not scary, right? <laughs> no, this isn't scary. It's just it's it's special, and I think it's um, yeah, it's just really natural. Good. You can just keep it that way. Well, we so appreciate you sharing and just yeah, giving your heart and soul to what whatever you're doing, and and then sharing with us about that. Time for our art piece. You are going to start to think that I actually really like poetry because I am sharing another poem today. It has been such a learning curve for me and I have to tell you that I was actually, I had a totally different plan for what I was going to share for today's uh, piece of art. But at the end of the reading from the book, Adorning the Dark, he talks about some different people who have influenced him and made a difference. And he mentions George Herbert. Now George Herbert, was around in the late 1500s, early 1600s. He only lived until the age of 39, but he is a very well-known name in poetry. Uh, And I'm not going to butcher his poem by saying it myself, because I know, the one thing I know about poetry is there is a way to say it. But Herbert was a Christian man. He was um, a priest in the later part of his life, and he described his poems as a picture of the many spiritual conflicts that have passed between God and my soul before I could subject mine to the will of Jesus, my master, in whose service I have now found perfect freedom. I'm going to play this poem in a second for you, but I just want to say what he says, what uh, Andrew Peterson says about George Herbert. And this is the part that really struck me and made me want to play this poem for you. He says, that when I read a 400-year-old George Herbert poem and tears sprung to my eyes at the wideness of God's love, I'm grateful that he, Herbert, was a student of the craft. Otherwise, his work wouldn't have made its way to my bookshelf 400 years later and touched the lives of some, he calls them, dudes in Nashville and made them cry. So this is 400 years ago. And, and to think that because someone was faithful 
and wrote his thoughts in this poem that has reached someone else. So this poem is called Love Three. I do not know why there's a three on the end of it, probably because it's his third poem on love, but uh, we're gonna play it for you now. Love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin, till quick-eyed love Observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest, I answered, worthy to be here. Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind, ungrateful, oh, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand and smiling did reply, who made the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I have marred them. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love, who bore the blame? Oh, my dear, then I will serve. You must sit down says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. Let's turn again to scripture to see what it has to say about creativity. So we've already seen that creativity originates with God. That's what we talked about in our first podcast on this theme. And then secondly, we've seen that God gives us a wide variety of creative gifts. And so the question before us today is, how are we to use those creative gifts? And scripture speaks to that. Scripture answers that question in a couple of different places. So in um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says, Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So there we have our answer. How do we use our creative gifts? Whatever you do, whether you sing or you paint or you create beautiful home decor or you um, create beautiful food, whatever you do, we are to do it all for the glory of God. The Westminster Catechism says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So our lives are meant to point to God, to to glorify him. We were we were made to worship and part of the way we worship is by creating beautiful things. And so I just love that. We we get to create art. We don't have to make stuff. We get to make stuff and we get to be creative. We have to remember who has given us our ability to dream, to conceive, to write, to paint, to design, to speak, and to make. These are, these are all acts of worship, and they are all pointing to our Creator. And I just love the way, even in our conversation with Sharon today, she spoke of how her creativity is, is worship to God, is, is giving glory to God, and it's a blessing to others in what she creates. And so that is how we are to use our creative gifts. Proverbs 22, verse 29 says, Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. So God desires that we be good stewards of the gifts he's given us. And uh, this verse permissions us to be skilled at making art. And being skilled takes practice. And it takes creativity because it's a muscle, not a magic potion. It takes work to get better creatively. And so practice your craft and steward it well in obscurity so that when it's time to share your gift, you're prepared. Your creativity reflects who you are 
who God has made you to be, but it also reflects who He is. And so I want to encourage you today, as, as Paul encouraged Timothy in uh, his first letter to Timothy, he said, do not neglect the gift you have. So don't neglect the gift that God has given you. And I want you to leave you with this challenge and this thought, how can you use your creative gifts to bring glory to God? Thank you, Shannon. I just think it's so important to pause at that and to think, where where are your creative gifts? And even if you don't think you have any creative gifts, you're created in the image of God. God is a creator. Therefore, you have creative abilities as well. And even if they're as simple as making a dirty floor clean, <laughs> that is being creative. So we just want to end this podcast again thanking you for taking the time to listen. Thank you to Sharon for sharing her heart with us today. I just feel so touched that we got to have this chat with her. We hope that you felt that you got to be part of the conversation as well, even from across the screen. Thank you to Shannon. And, and so we're going to end in the, the prayer that we chose for our creative theme for this section. So we pray. Almighty and eternal God, so draw our hearts to you, so guide our minds, so fill our imaginations, so control our wills that we may be wholly yours, utterly dedicated to you. And then use us, we pray, as you will, and always to the glory and welfare of your people, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the Mosaic Podcast podcast for the women of Wallenstein Bible Chapel, where we meet one another in story, in art, and in Christ. You can subscribe by going on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or Google Podcast so that you will be notified when the next show drops. Also, please be sure to check out our show notes for more details and join in the conversation on either Facebook at mosaic.podcast.wbc or on Instagram at mosaic.podcast. We pray that you will be inspired and encouraged as you travel your own personal journey from brokenness to beauty.